Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to the GAA Hour with Darren O'Sullivan on Sports Joe. Hi there, you're very welcome along to the GA Hour with me, Darren O'Sullivan. Yet again, we have absolutely loads of GA action to talk about this weekend. I'm delighted to be joined by my usual partner in crime, Eamon McGee. And for the first time, Mayo's Keith Higgins is joining us remotely. How are we doing, boys? Eamon, you all packed for New York? Speedos? Factor 50? Ready to go, ready to go, Darren. Uh, it's good to get a wee bit of GA chat before we head. There's just no parenting, no GA chat, and it's just all about the holidays next week. Ah, sure. Jesus, you'll be you'll be fresh next weekend, so when you're rejoining us. Don't know I'll be fresh now, but I'll be there anyway. <laughs> and I'm delighted to welcome for the first time Mayo's Keith Higgins, a man I had plenty battled with over the years. Thanks for joining me, Keith. How are things? All good, Darren. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I suppose this is the first time I'd have to say I'd be happy to see you. <laughs> yeah, likewise, I think, at this stage. But uh, you're still playing away and you had a great win with the Hurlers over the weekend. Yeah, still tipping away with the hurling. Um, played Sligo there on Saturday, so good win now. We kind of took us a while to get going, but um, pulled it out of the bag in the second half now. So was just tease things up nicely for us now for the last game against Derry. Yeah, you don't have much rest out again next weekend. It's you're saying it's kind of like a semi final, I suppose. Yeah, basically, I suppose it's the last round of the group stages, but um, ultimately, it's kind of the winner. Of this will go through to Kildare in the finals. So I suppose it's as good as a semi final. So, um, yeah, look, it is kind of fairly hectic games week on week, but in a way, it's good. It's just once you get a few wins, you got you get that momentum. I suppose it's easier to keep it going. Yeah, and I was always keen to know, like, obviously, you retired from the footballers, but you didn't leave the county scene. You went straight into the hurlers. I was always keen to know, and I know you knew you knew the hurling setup anyway. How was the transition going from? The, the footballers straight into the hurlers full-time um yeah look it was fine like i said there i'd been involved with the hurlers for a lot um over the last 15 years even when i was playing the football but i suppose it was fine last year once i kind of finished up back in january i think the season didn't kick off probably till march or april just with covid it was a delayed start to the season so i kind of had a few weeks or a few months to kind of get my head around not being part of the football and then it was straight in it was kind of it was just flat out then once we started back with the league. It was week on week and the same then with the championship. So didn't have really too much time to think about it. But um, yeah, look, it was, it was good to get back in. It was good to have something to keep you busy. Yeah, it's always, I actually found that as well when I left uh, the setup. It takes a couple of months to get your head around it that you're actually out of the loop when you've been part of it for so long. And like I suppose carrying Cork the weekend, and I know you're a United man as well, and Roy Keane was in the crowd Um I'm presuming he's the reason why they were showing so much fight and determination. Did you notice him? Yeah, I just saw the clip of it shown on the television, all right, yeah. And I'm sure, I doubt the court boys were aware of it now, but yeah, it was good to see him at the game. Um, you know, I would have grown up and United were probably at the peak of their powers and he was he was the main man for them. So uh, yeah, I would have great good time for Roy. I know he's a, he can divide opinion at times, but yeah, definitely a big fan of him. No, I'd be in the same boat as that. Grew up watching and idolising Keane and uh, still a big fan of his as well. So, look, I suppose we've only the hour. Uh, again, like I said, there was a lot of action. Uh, we're going to start down in Munster, um, Cork versus Kerry. And I suppose the last couple of weeks, we haven't given it a whole pile of airtime because I, I suppose we were all kind of saying foregone conclusion, Cork aren't going well, Kerry have been built up. Um, no, it finished with a, a strong performance by Kerry and a big win. But there was definitely positives for Cork game. And uh, what you make of the game? Uh, listen, it, it kind of went the way that... Most of us would have, would have said it was going to go Cork. We're going to, because Cork are a proud f- football and like they're a proud sporting county. And you know, they're, they're of course they're going to show a bit of resistance, a bit of fight. Everybody, you know, says they were in the doldrums. And you know, if you if you're just looking at that game, they're going to show a bit of resistance. And then just the quality of Kerry, or and as it showed, quality of Kerry just show, shown through and. Without Kerry, you know, really getting into them higher gears, they just got over, got the job done, and it's just, you know, move on now. Yeah, I think that kind of sums it up. Um, 
Keith, I don't know, did you see the Sunday game? I think Sean Kevin, I, I thought it was strange comments. I, I thought it was a bit unfair. Um, he was very dismissive of Cork. I, I didn't actually think there was any need because like that, a lot of counties do go through bad spells and Cork are in the middle of one. But I, like trying to look at it from a neutral point of view, was actually delighted with their performance. Um, obviously had Roy Keane in the in the crowd as well. So maybe they, that's the, the minimum requirement was a bit of work rate and effort and stuff. And I genuinely felt it was just um, Kerry's extra strength and conditioning in the last 15, 20 minutes and experience that tipped it their way. Yeah. Um, look, if I was a core person, I suppose I wouldn't have been happy with Kevin's comments either. Like I said, they were very dismissive. But at the same time, I've kind of found myself watching the game nearly a bit frustrated from a core point mm. of view. You know, I thought they showed glimpses of that bit of fight and that bit of work rate that you'd expect. But at the same time, I just felt like they could nearly have done a small bit more. Now, I know from 50 minutes on, like you said, Kerry's conditioning completely kind of overshone them. Like the core kickout was just second half. It would just lump everything out the middle and they got completely overran there. And it was just Kerry had all the ball and they just completely overran them. You know, and they were creating scores so much easier. But especially in the first half, I thought, again, they were probably running down blind alleyways for the first 15 minutes but once they kind of got a grip on things you know they kicked some good scores i know sherlock got six out of seven of their first or their first seven scores but they were doing okay like and you were happy enough with things but it just felt there was a bit more in them you know mm. i just thought if they had a bit more confidence in themselves if they actually pushed on a small bit more they could have caused a few more problems because a few times they ran at curry they did cause them problems got a few frees now i don't know what that down to a bit of curry complacency as well but um yeah, like there was some bits you'd be happy about, but just for me watching it from a corporate view, it was just a small bit frustrated at times. I thought there was a small bit more in them. Yeah, and look, look, we've all played against strong Cork teams, so we kind of know what they're capable of. And they, like we know with this team, even though they're not playing, they haven't been playing well, they, they have good footballers. And I think, Keith, you hit the nail on the head. They were confidence. And this, that's what this team has been lacking an awful lot, Eamon. They're lacking confidence, a lack of belief. But for me, I never felt they were ever going to win the game. I don't think anyone did, but it was about showing something. And I think they showed enough that they should leave that game with a lot of confidence. And look, try and get a win in the qualifiers. Hopefully, for their sake, they don't get a, a Mayo or a Tyrone and they can have a good crack at it. But I think for showing signs going forward, Eamon, they, they have to be happy with that. And hopefully the supporters will get behind them because, to be fair, they don't get much love in Cork, the footballers. And, and, and that's the thing, you know... The, They've just got to keep trying. They've got to keep at it. Um, you would know more than me about are they doing the right things? Is the structures there? Is the underage set up there? And like, will we see Cork get back to, you know, the, the place that they deserve to be and the place that they should be when you look at it, the county like that? Um, so, so that's the question. And it's about this group. We know they're not going to, you know, be in the latter stage of the championship. But... It's up to them just to hold the torch now and just try and get that crop coming through, whatever's been done at it. And, you know, you made a comment there about conditioning. Like, conditioning shouldn't come into it for a Division One, Division Two thing. You know, I think it's just purely down to belief and the fact that so much has been said about this core team. And, you know, doesn't matter who you are, what type of footballer, that's going to seep into you. And when, when Kerry are getting the top, you know, that Cork probably just didn't really believe that they, that they could beat Kerry. Yeah. And I suppose, well, I suppose when it comes to the, when I'm on about conditioning, you'd see they're, they're probably their bench. They were very yeah, young, I get very you. inexperienced. And my thing is like a lot of these Kerry boys have been with Jason McGahan down in Kerry for the last number of years doing the SC. They're, they're just a bit further along. Mm -hmm. But I suppose from a positive from Cork, um, seeing Sean Powter back in action, Keith, was good. He um, he has a bit of everything about him. He has the pace. He has tenacity. He's not afraid. He took a lot of heavy hits the last day, which um, from a Kerry point of view, they were very physical. Borderline probably should have had a few frees given against him. They were late enough, but it was actually unusual to see Kerry dictating the physicality of the game yeah absolutely and I think that was kind of the one thing that stood out even in the early stage of the game you know Cork were trying to carry the ball out of defence and the carry forwards looked like they just wanted to get tackles in and wanted to make hits and you know on another day another referee might have given a lot of freeze in them circumstances but that was kind of one thing that stood out for me was 
and it's probably very uncary like if you don't yeah. mind me saying whatever jack o'connor has done or whatever way he's gone into the heads of these boys they just look like they want to go out and tackle and sometimes that's just a change of mindset you know i know james had something similar with us when he came in first in 2011 it was just like change the attitude of the boys looking actually want to go out and win the ball back you know and carry forward seemed to be kind of doing that way we saw Stephen o'brien i think kind of very active or very vocal i think when they got a few turnovers you know it's kind of reminding you sometimes of watching the hurling boys and the winner free and giving the fist pump yeah. the odd time so um that seems to be a big difference in them this year whether that's like i said jack or that's paddy tally i don't know um but it's definitely something that's kind of added from this year and i know there's been a lot of talk about it as well but i thought it was very evident at stages the last day yeah no i was the same it was the one thing that stood out from the very start was um how physical kerry were and you said it there yourself kerry actually looked like they want to defend, they want to tackle at the moment. I suppose we mentioned conditioning. What's the point in all the weights and all the strength training? We're not going to use it, but they do look like a team that that want to put their body in there and show their physical strength. And I suppose we mentioned the kickouts and look, it did get Cork into a lot of trouble and obviously losing Michal Martin um, early in the game. And I know um, one of their other goalies, um, Chris Kelly, is out injured. So... Look, it probably wasn't something they were expecting. And I was just looking from a Cork point of view, like you mentioned it there, Keith, that uh, Kerry forwards looked like they wanted to tackle, they wanted to make contact, and around the middle they are very big. Now, Eamon, what would you do in that scenario if you're if you're the goalie, if you're the defender, and you're finding it hard to get out from the back and so you don't want to go short with the kickouts, but you can't really go long because Kerry are dominating out there. It, it is a tough one. And like that, Michal Martin went off, did the sub-goalie in, it's a difficult position for them to be in like that. The goalie wasn't experienced, so I felt I felt bad from at times, but uh, it's a difficult one for him. Yeah, and like, you know we 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 talk about this so much in the in the modern game about kickouts. There's so much emphasis on the kickouts. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just the keeper. There's an emphasis on the players out the field. There's an emphasis on the on the plan the kickout plan you have, and if it's not good enough, you know you, you it's going to get broken down because there's so much emphasis on, on the press and, you know, be, most teams are going towards the zonal press. So you need to have the keeper needs to be working and needs to have something in the locker to get, to get out of that. And I just looked at it, it just that they didn't have something sufficient. It was fairly basic and, you know, basic in the modern game is just, it's just not good enough. Yeah. I think that was the big thing there. Sorry. No, carry on. Like, they didn't, the defender didn't look like they wanted to show for a short kick out. Like, do you know, Anytime you saw that kind of clip from behind the goal, there was no movement, there was no options for him, whether it was Neil Martin, the subkeeper that came in, like he didn't have options. It was just literally a case that they were expecting him just to kick it long. And once Kerry kind of started to dominate, I mean, you, you talk about conditioning, but when you're defending all the time, yeah. you're going to tire a lot quicker. So it just kind of all played its part. But, you know, I don't think maybe they just thought they were making it easier on that keeper that came in, the young guy, and just to kind of just tend to boot it out as long as he could. But they just didn't look like they had anyone wanting to get on the ball in defence yeah um, like I suppose I suppose their performance was really based on heart and pride and effort and go for long and hard as you can without any major tactics I suppose it was mostly about containment more than winning the game and probably trying to keep the, the score down as, as low as possible which look I suppose was understandable even though it's not what you want to see or what you'd expect from Cork teams of old but I suppose the one positive, they kept David Clifford fairly quiet and uh, I suppose we're hearing for a long time to carry our one-man team. Uh, but uh, I think David's going to have to get used to that there, Keith. Look, you would have obviously been in the full-back line as well as Eamon. And it is, it's going to be that way for him. You slow Kerry down um, by getting bodies back. He's going to have to deal with having not only one but two and three defenders tracking every move. And it's going to be a case of how he can influence the game, sometimes without even touching the ball. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a flab that was on him again on Saturday even. Um, yeah. And, you know, again, did very well. We mentioned Powder there, kind of was playing right in front of him. You know, he wasn't kind of playing that sweeper role where sometimes you might play 30 yards out from goal or depending on where the ball was. He was literally just kind of standing kind of five or 10 yards in front of Clifford wherever he was. So they weren't looking to get it. They, were, they didn't give the option, I suppose, for Curry to get much quality ball into him. But like I said, he's going to have to get used to that, I think. You know, we've seen last year in the semi-final against Tyrone. I think Tyrone were kind of double team as well, but he still kicked nine points in that game. So it's there for him, or, you know, it's in the locker when he wants to do it. Um, but I think it's, you know, again, all the talk really is Clifford in that forward line. But I think Sean O'Shea is probably 
right up there with him as one of the most important players in that carry forward line. I think he's averaging six or seven points a game. I know a lot of from freeze, but he just seems to have that ability to turn it on as well when he needs to. So, look from a David Clifford point of view, you know, he'll turn it on. I think when you really need to turn it on, I think the last year they probably knew they were going to come through it. So, uh, but look, he'll learn as well. Like he's, he's still a young player. Like he'll learn as well. Kind of he'll get smarter. Like he'll know where the spaces are. He'll know when to pull out, make room for everyone else. And he's probably doing that already. But you know, he's still so young. He'll get better as it goes on. Yeah, and like you mentioned, Sean O'Shea there, uh, Eamon. Like. I think Don and Kerry, we're actually taking Sean O'Shea for granted in terms of his ability because there's so much talk about David. And you were asked after the game, I chatted to a fellow who didn't see it and who played well. And I said, oh, Sean, he did okay. And I was like, well, he kicked 10 points, two or three from play. And I'm saying he did okay. And he's another man, like Keith said there, he loves tackling. He's He works like a dog. He does everything. Um, really solid bloke. Loves Just loves the football. Yeah. And you're hearing about David Cliff, a one-man team, but Sean O'Shea is up there with him and he's just probably not getting the recognition just yet, but not that he's not getting it, just he's not being talked about in the same way as David. Yeah, and, and it's something I noticed there last year as he seems to be vocal. You know, he's still relatively young and, you know, he seems to be a bit of a leader in that group, which is which is something I was surprised at. But for, like, Thomas O'Shea, earmarked Sean O'Shea, is like he's going to be as good, you know, he's a different type of player than Clifford, but he, you know, he's going to be as influential, as, impo- as important to carry if they're going to be winning medals from, like Tomas has de- said that from a long way out. And you're right, we take him totally for granted because there's such a big kind of, a big target or whatever way you want to phrase it on David David Clifford. But, you know, sh- if Kerry are going to win that All-Ireland or, you know, win multiple All-Irelands in the, in the next few years, Shawnee O'Shea is going to be central to that. Yeah, and I suppose I, I did him in, in justice there. I said he got 10 points. I think he got 11. So, sorry, Shawnee, I took a point off you there. But uh, I suppose coming down the stretch, it was Kerry's experience that got him over the line. Um, Paul Ganey, who I, I was surprised didn't start the game. But the way the game panned out, he was probably better off that he didn't start because there wasn't much ball going into the full forward line. And when he did come on, the game was a bit stretched. And... I always felt his experience coming on, it, it was the, he delayed a pass, most pass he got by half a second or a second just to give the forwards around him a chance to get in a, in a more forward position. So instead of a lateral pass, he'd wait that extra half a second or a second for an extra run to be made. So instead of me facing up the man, I was on the run getting it. I just thought his experience there, his ability to bring other players into the game and just see spaces was key. And obviously, look, David Moran came on there on the middle and he did what he does as well as anyone in the county, caught high ball, Keith, and I thought that experience was just key, and it was another, it was another bit of a killer blow for Cork, who had done so well, and then you see these kind of marquee names coming on, it's a case of, where I've worked my arse off here for 50, 60 minutes, and there's better players coming on even now. Yeah, absolutely, I think probably that's part of Jack's thinking as well, you know, you keep those boys there, and Paul Murphy as well in reserve mm. to come on, and Look, Eamon knows you're a cornerback and you're in there in 50 minutes into the game. You see, I know we had it for years with Dublin, like the Kev McMenamin, these boys yeah. coming on. It can, it's nearly displaced yeah, for 50 minutes. No, he's going to go all over the pitch again. But I think, and look, I could be completely wrong here, but I think you look at the way Kerry want to play and it is a very kind of, I suppose, high tempo game with the, looking to get the tackles in, looking to burst from defence with pace. Um, you'd wonder... Are they thinking that that type of game mightn't suit the likes of Ganey and like suit the likes of David Moran for 50, 60 minutes? So bring them on maybe when the game is settled. Well, can be settled along with the last 20 when you might need a David Moran to hold around the middle, win your kickouts. And then when that bit of space is created up front, you'll have the likes of Ganey to come on as well. So maybe it's just the way Jack is thinking that the type of game they want to play just wouldn't suit those boys if they were to start. Yeah, that's true. And like I suppose the game is so dynamic now and it's so athletic it is a case that if things aren't going well you do need the the older heads the camera heads to be coming off coming up coming onto the pitch instead of coming off the pitch um and i think that probably will be the way that Kerry go um Eamon keith mentioned kevin McMinimum. did you have anyone above in donegal that would all was always better suited to coming off the bench than starting yeah you know he, he, he'll give out to me and he'll is Keith knows him well. Christy Toy would have been a great unpicked sub for yeah. us. Um, and, and even 
player, don't know if you're familiar with Martin McElhenney, used to give us an awful yeah. lift. And, you know, Christy, Christy was a bit of a fan favourite. We used to get a wild ribbon out of him because every day he'd get the applause and every time he came on and the, the fans loved him. And, and that gave us a lift. So it's, a, it's important to to have that, you know, it's, it's not about, like one of the most important players for Dublin and their success and the start of their success was Kevin McManaman. You know, because he yeah. he was able to provide that lift, you know, not just from his play, but when the fans came on and when, when, when the other players seen him, they said, this man's going to bring energy. And, you know, he would have, he, it never really worked out for him starting, but he was still, you know, so important to them, to Dublin going on to one. And, you know, I think any team, you know, every team in that, at that top table need that person coming on from the bench. It's It's so vital. Yeah. And it is a difficult thing to do. Like I always used to find you'd come on the game and it'd take you 10 or 15, 10 minutes to even kind of get up to the level of the game and get your second win. Like, so some guys are just, I wouldn't say suited to it, but they just seem to have adapted to it and they know they're able to get into that kind of routine and go to the pace of it straight away. I think Kevin was one of them, but it is a difficult thing to do and some players just aren't suited to it. That's, it's so yeah. hard psychologically to get ready. And it's kind of opens up the argument too, but this whole pre-match parade where it's all focused on the 15, you know, the huddle before the game is focused on the first 15. And it's the game's gone completely away from that now. It's all about that 20, 24 players. And, you know, and I think before the game and, you know, the, the pre-match stuff should ref, should reflect that. And it's just, it's so narrow, narrow-minded just to keep it on the focus on the, on the 15. Yeah, and that, that is something the way the game has gone for a long time now to be fair it's not about the 15 even though the 15 tend to get the focus because you need to be finishing with as strong a 15 as you start with and I think that'll be in Jack's um, thinking all the time and Eamon you mentioned it there about the fan favourite and giving the players a lift when uh, the sub is coming on I used to be fed that line as well and I hated it (laughs) oh no you'll give the boys a lift they're going I don't mind the boys if they start me just throw me in but um just throw me in there from the start give me a chance but uh, you're right it does like I remember even my um, ex-team is saying like you know you command the crowd to get up and it does give the team a lift and as much as you don't like to be told it it uh, it isn't but I kept telling myself you're an important role there you have a great role to play but uh, it's needed the way the game is going but I suppose going back to Cork quickly um, there was a question I was asked there recently would it be better suited for them to be in the Taltian Cup this year and build a bit of momentum they're very young they're very inexperienced and I was torn on it for most teams I'd say yes Keith but for Cork and I always go back to the lack of love they get in Cork the footballers I think they need just even a win in the qualifiers whereas I think even if even if they went a long way in the Taltian Cup I don't think it would help them a whole pile yeah, again, I, I'm the same as that. I think I'm kind of torn. I think I was listening to a Sunday game last night and they were asking the same question. I would lead to them. I know they're different, look, obviously, Division 2 team and Division 4 team, but it's kind of hard to know. Like, I mean, you could you could look at a point of view, get a good run of the Tajin Cup, get to a final, get a day out. It depends on the mentality of the players. Yeah. I think if the players wanted to be in the Tajin Cup and have a right run ahead, then, yeah, that could be great for them, get some confidence up, maybe win it. Um, but like if the players didn't want to be involved in that, didn't want to be bothered with it, then it's just going to be a waste of time. Whereas if they get it, like you said, a win or two in the qualifiers, even got back to Co Park to a quarter final, that'd be seen as a good year for them. Yeah. And then there's something built on there next year. So it, it really does depend on the team and the group of players. But I think for Cork, definitely, I suppose they need to be getting a bit of a run in the qualifiers. Like if they got to a quarter final, it's a positive year. So that has to be the route they want to go down. But I suppose time will tell whether they have that mentality or not. Yeah, um, you'd hope that it would, given the the performance that we saw the last day. Yeah, exactly. And I, like I'd be with you on that one. I kind of torn on it, and they're just they're hard to work out at the moment because they have a lot of ability. They just they need to come with that effort all the time. But they need to sort out the tactical side of things because the heart and pride stuff might keep the score down against Kerry, but they need to be able to kick on and and beat teams that they should be beating really, which they haven't been doing doing over the last number of years. And yeah, I just think on it though, like, I mean, yeah, I think the tactical stuff needs to kind of evolve and get better, but, you know, it's probably easy for them to come out with that effort and go all guns blazing when it is a carry and it is a big yeah. local rival and there was the whole thing about playing the game in, in Cork. I just think 
whether they can get themselves up for a qualifier game regardless of who it is who it's against you know like i suppose that's probably they're in the position that they're in the position in the league that they weren't able to bring that kind of same level of intensity and work rate and all that type of stuff to probably some of the league games that they need to bring some of the qualifier games so that's probably you don't want to question the i suppose the mindset of any player really but i suppose that's going to be the question for cork really is if they can bring that level to their next game and get the same level of performance yeah and unfortunately they're their performances haven't been good enough for, for quite a while and that is why it's questioning but look I'm hopeful to be honest and it's not very often I'm hopeful for Cork but I am hopeful that they can get it back get the show back on the road because you know all, like I've, it's all Cork people down in Glimby in the summer and all I hear all year is um, oh we're a hurling county but at the moment they're neither so they need to sort it out and look before we move on to Donegal and Kevin and I just um, from a Kerry Kerry side of things, you'd imagine they'll have a comfortable enough Munster final. Are they going to fall into the same trap that they've fallen into the last couple of years where they're not really up to the speed of battle in going into the quarterfinal or semifinal and they could get caught by a team who's gone through the qualifiers? You know, I get what you're saying and I would have kind of thought the same. But then I was thinking... Dublin have been the exact same way for years. They're coming out and, you know, yeah. Mon- Munster is better than Leinster, in my opinion. You know, Leinster is just... Mine too, to be fair. Leinster is... I don't even know. This is a waters- watershed before pre-watershed, so I can't even say <laughs> what I want to say about Leinster football, but it's just not good. Um, And Dublin were coming out of that prime to go. So it's what Dublin did in the training ground. You know, the, the environment they created, the culture they created, you know, there was an awful lot of talk about A versus B. And that's what Kerry, you know, Kerry have been burned here before in terms of the prep. They haven't been road tested enough coming out of the Munster Championship. So Jack O'Connor needs to take that. Or uh, you, you like to think he has taken that on board and, you know, created that environment where, you know, you have the, the likes of Guinea, David Moore, pushing for them spots and creating that cutthroat environment where, you know, you slip up on training, your spot's gone, and um, that that's that's what he needs to do. You know, because he's. You go back to the league final; they didn't get enough of a challenge the league final, and it doesn't look they're going to be taken out of that. You know, get up to that top gear and get road tested until the quarter final, and you know it's in training where they need to get at it. Yeah, and look, I suppose this year the squad does look good enough that it will be fairly helter-skelter for all the AVB games so it, it is a thing and it's one of the things that impressed me most about Dublin over the last number of years um, like you've seen Kerry get caught in games you've seen Tyrone get caught um, but you never see Dublin get caught by teams that shouldn't catch them and it was uh, it was always a mentality thing that you just, they were always on the money they they kept doing the simple things better than everyone else so um, yeah it'll be interesting it's been a big test to Kerry I, I think they have a sports psychologist this year um, something that I've been crying out for him to get for the last number of years um, and I think it's in the build up to these games that you need to keep fellas tuned in that you don't go looking too far ahead because I think that's caught Kerry uh, Keith I think it's caught Kerry a few times in the last number of years Yeah it has and I think that was the point I was just going to make was, was you have to reference Dublin there like mm-hmm. I mean they I was actually thinking about this yesterday at the Galway Leitrim game and how Galway approach it and it was just a case of they just stick to the process so well, regardless of who they were playing. They just went about their business and stuck to the game plan and did the right things. It didn't matter who got the scores and there was no ego involved. In it. it was just they went out and they still ended up beating teams by 20 or 25 points without actually doing anything really, really flashy, you know, and that was kind of what stood to them. But on Kerry, look, if they can kind of get into that mindset again is that they're priming themselves for a quarterfinal or semifinal, you know, then... You'd imagine, like Jack, with all the experience he has of doing that before with Kerry in zero, four, five, six, whatever year it was, you know, he's kind of been there in similar positions before. So yeah. I think he'll have them in a good spot. Just, just on the, I mentioned the sports psychologist there, Keith, and um, I'm not sure, like, I've, like, it's only since I retired that I started thinking more about that side of the game with Kerry. And I, we never, we never used one. And I remember Jack Connor back in, uh, my first few years five six and seven whatever it was uh he brought one in and he your man was laughed out the door we didn't really buy into it and i genuinely feel that it cost us a lot of all ireland's after and it's his hindsight now and like i don't know what this d did you use one in mayo or, or yeah we would have used a few down through the years um 
And again, I suppose I'd have been similar to you in the fact that I think most teams probably in the early years were nearly that, not dismissive of them, but nearly wary yeah. of them. You weren't quite sure what they were going no to bring trust. to the table. No trust. Um, I think there was probably plenty of them out there that kind of always went through the same kind of exercise to try and build that trust. And that probably didn't help either, you know. Um, but I know when James, James came in in 2011, he brought in Kieran Shannon with him. Now, Kieran wouldn't be, I suppose, a sports psychologist. <laughs> you know, obviously, he's probably better known as a journalist, yeah. the examiner there. But he did a lot of work with us on a kind of conference side of things. And he was good in the fact that he just made it very practical. Like, he'd break it down into figures for you. And he'd look at kind of why this team can win and why that team can't win. And he'd kind of, and why you would do so well. And he actually just broke it down to real practical stuff. And that kind of worked really well for us at the time. Um, and then when Stephen brought in, he, he had um, Neve Fitzgerald in, um, not Neve Fitzgerald, sorry. Um, but again, she'd worked with Wexford before the hurlers when they won the All Ireland. And again, she was very good and she was different. And that was probably towards the kind of the end of stage of my career. And probably at that stage, you're probably thinking about the game a bit different as you get older, you know? Yeah. So I think, it, again, my thing on sports psychology is it's like, I'm sure we've both seen, we've all seen stages where, they bring in a sports psychologist and they do the exercise in front of a group of 30 or 35 people. But like not everyone in that group has the same mindset or thinks about the game in the same way. So it, it is a very individual thing, I think. Yeah. You know, it can't be a thing that you do in a group of 30 people and expect to get the same results out of everyone. It has to be done nearly on an individual basis and what works best for each of the players. Yeah, I think you're right. And it has to be continuous. And like, to be honest, it's one of the things I actually regret not buying into more when I was playing. And I know... I think most teams went through the, the phase of reading all the books, legacy and all these things. They were sweeping dressing rooms to bait the band and hoping that it'd, that'd be the difference. But it, it just, it doesn't work that way. You have to buy into it. There's no point doing training the muscles if you're not going to train the brain. And look, that's a that's a podcast for another day. I, I know, Eamon, you're itching to talk about the Donegal Cavan game. You predicted six or seven points and you were spot on. Pressure was on after that prediction. <laughs> The one prediction I got right in about three years now, <laughs> yeah. so I'll I'll take it. No, I just thought that I didn't predict Kevin to put up as much resistance, and I'll be honest with you, I was very nervous at half time the way it was panning out and the way that Donegal just were that wee bit sloppy and just didn't seem to be on it. And you know, I text one of the lads and I said, "Surely to God, Kevin can't catch us twice here in the space of you know three years." But thankfully, we we, we pulled away in the end and. You know, it came back to your your Omar, just get the ball in. Um, you know, there was no wide side in there. And the ball went in, and that's the you know, we we got the breaks from it. Yeah, Keith, uh, Kevin were unbelievably impressive, and it kind of just I can't understand how they managed to drop down to Division Four. Their style of football um, was great to watch. The standard of footballers, um, and if they'd taken their goal chances. Like Patton made one incredible save, it should have been on match of the day. Never mind the Sunday game. Um, like if they'd taken one of them chances, all of a sudden that pressure is on Donegal again. And as Eamon said, that that thought is coming into the head: Are they going to catch us for the second time in three years? So, Kevin will probably feel it was an opportunity lost or opportunity missed. Yeah, absolutely. I think a couple of things kind of stood out for me on it. I think you mentioned one there is that quality of play some of the cabin boys particularly in the first half their kick passing was so good um, they looked to go along at times and you know I think it was a trademark of some of the Kerry teams back 10-15 years ago with that diagonal ball into the edge of the square and they got some good scores out of it um, but you mentioned there the goal chance things was for James Smith just before half time or five minutes before half time and I know Patton made a save but so if that goes in, Cavan win maybe three points up rather than in a level game and the second half is completely different but I just think I think it was nine all at half time and just Kerry just or sorry, Donegal just seemed to take a bit of sting out of the game in the second half. They seemed to play the game at more of their own tempo. You know, I think it was it was a fifteen points to fourteen with ten minutes to go. You know, so there was a lot less scores and Donegal just seemed to play the game at their own pace and really take the sting out of the Cavan attack and I think that was probably the win of the game for them and like I said, they're a bit lucky with the goal. Yeah. But once that went in it was it was game over with ten minutes to go, you know. So Look, you'd be impressed with some of the stuff Cavan did for a lot of that game. Um, and you'd imagine they'd be, I suppose, red-hot favourites now to go on and win the Talchin Cup. Yeah, and I suppose, uh, Eamon, I don't know, did you see the Sunday game and Gooch mentioned it, um, the lack of, I suppose, a long kicking into forwards at the moment. 
Um, mostly he like I I agree with him anyway. He's on about like it's a there's an over analyzing of games and the buzzword turnovers this turnovers. I think people are afraid to kick the ball in long and leave the forward work for it and see can he win a ball that's maybe 60-40 or 50-50 or whatever and the two balls that Donegal went put in I, well they were probably shots but it just shows the panic um, for the first goal Michael Murphy's inside there he actually doesn't go for it but there's such panic the two cabin defenders and the goalie go for it and it was a great finish no in fairness but I'll go to you after Keith but like maybe later on the show like that's my thing with Aidan Shea, put him in there and the panic it can cause. And Eamon, it just shows that you put in a couple of balls, even the second one, it wasn't a, it was another missed shot. Just panic. And Donegal benefited from it. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. There's two things, you know, I feel that we get kind of get caught up with in, in the modern game or whatever whatever way you want to call the, the modern game or whatever it is. But there's two things. Yeah. There's this talk about percentages, you know, percentages, possession, and keep possession, keep possession. And to a degree, you know, I'm with that. But if you take, if you become risk averse, it's no good to anybody, you know. And and the second thing is that, and Keith will back me up on this here, you know, sometimes you boys inside, Darren, you just want the ball handed to you. You just don't want the dirty ball in, like, and, uh, that's that's why I feel you're slagging now. Sorry, no. You 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 wouldn't you wouldn't say that if you were in studio sitting beside me. You're away sounder. No, I'm up in Donegal. I'm up in Donegal, so I'm safe enough. <laughs> but no, there's a lot of forwards. You know, you have to hand the ball to them, yeah. and then you know they'll start giving it. Give me a good ball. Give me a good ball. But we we've got to. You just get the ball in, and if the ball goes in, you've got to tell the forward just what when that ball doesn't matter if it's high or low, and just at least go for it. Because as we've seen yesterday, that there's a there's a percentage of, you know, something comes out of it. And, you know, some teams, you know, we hear have this thing, there's a one in four. So every four attacks, you get the ball in. You know, every five attacks, yeah. you get the ball in. Uh, something, if you see the mismatch, you know, you go back to your, the team you played with. If Donahue's sitting in there with a small man, you see a mismatch, no sweeper, you get the ball in. But now some teams are so reluctant to kick that they're not not even doing that when the mismatch is on, you know, they don't even have that ratio. So we've got to find that balance instead of stupidly kicking and just you yeah. know, get get the odd ball in there. Yeah, and like that, look, look as a forward, you always like the handy ball that's more or less bouncing outside you or somebody does hand it to you. But, and you mentioned the team that I played in and obviously Donny's the, the one that everyone talks about. But Cullum, like Gooch, had incredible hands and Keith you would have marked him in an awful lot and we used to put in a lot of high balls to him as well and when I say high balls or long balls they're they're aimed at him and they're properly put in and like I put up on Twitter last night and I had a lot of people come back to me about oh keeping possession and not turning and I was there going ah but you, you have to take a chance otherwise you're just back and forth across the field and my thing is if I put a ball in let's say Keith you're in the full back line I put the ball in and you win it ahead of the forward you have 140 yards or whatever it is 120 yards to get the ball up to get a score whereas if you turn me over 50 60 yards from your goal it's a it's a lot shorter it's only one kick pass in then yourself for a run um, I can never understand the, the safe option all the time. Yeah, and that was exactly the point I was going to make. I mean, if I'm playing in cornerback and I see our lads with the ball out in the middle of the field, I'd rather them lose the ball by kicked it into the opposition full forward or full mm-hmm. back line and having them try to turn it over from in there rather than lose on the halfway line. And like I said, you'd be under pressure straight away. So there is that part of it. Um, you know, you go back to the goose there. He Obviously, he, he was very good in the air as well. I think everyone probably... One of the most famous goals is that one in the zero four final against when he's marking Pat Kelly yeah. and he catches it over his head and just burns him. But I think a lot of it comes down to the players that are on the ball as well out the field. I think a lot of the time, like I said, it's so risk averse. Players are afraid to even look up for that passing because it's not an option. You know, you see so many times a player gets the ball and his first instinct is to look sideways or look back, They're not even looking forward for that kick pass in. And because of that, then players inside are probably not even making the run. Yeah, you know, I think we probably highlighted a good bit with Dublin during the league. The league is at the full forward line, probably weren't shown for it, but the way their game had evolved, it was like they rarely looked to kick the ball in unless Con was in there. Yeah, you know, so you know there is two parts of it. There is the whole thing of if management are kind of looking at stats more so when they try to, when they do turn over the ball, but you need the right players on the ball to kick the ball in as well. Like I mean, 
talking about having Aiden in there. And we tried it a few times, and then there was times when we probably got too predictable and we're probably looking to try and put in all the time, and players just copped, our teams copped on to it, and they sat as a sweeper in front of them, and other times in the ball was just lumped yeah. in. There was no real kind of pattern to it, whereas, again, you mentioned the Kerry team back in the day. It was always a case of nearly got the ball to the wings, and it was a diagonal ball in on top of Donahue, and that was so effective for them. So there was a couple of bits to it. Yeah, the whole stats thing, but you need the right players. And Cavan had good ball players there yesterday. Um, and they were able to kick a good ball into the forward line. They got some good results out of it. Yeah, and you actually mentioned it there. You know, when players get it, their first instinct is actually look sideways or backwards. And it just reminded me of a moment in the Kerry Cork game. And I can't think of the player. He caught a mark. Um, nice bit out, but he caught the mark. And I thought, right, this tough old shot, release it's a shot. He caught the mark and kicked it backwards. About yeah, 40 yards crowd, You could hear the crowd just moaning on it when he did it, all right, yeah. Yeah, and I know he was trying to keep the ball. I was like, what was the point of calling that mark at... At least if you catch it and you, you're not going to shoot from there, take him on or something. But look, I suppose um, Cavan will be happy in the sense that, look, they've won Division 4, Eamon. They put up a great performance. Probably at this point, they maybe could have won it. Um, they'd probably be feeling they should have won it if they got the goals. But will they approach the Talenting Cup, do you reckon, with the right attitude that we're all hoping that teams will do? Because it's another chance to get into Crow Park, another chance to get silverware and for me, like I would be backing them if they go in with the right attitude. They could be collecting two pieces of silverware in Crow Park this year, and it sets them up nicely to build on it for next year. You you would hope you would hope that Kevin go. That's the way they go about the business. Um, and I think the way Mickey Graham is and the way he operates is that they will, because for the life of me, I can't understand how they're playing Division Four, and it's it's mm. they're a team that really frustrate me. Um, because there's so much potential there. You know, they're firing out good, good players, but they just can't seem to do it. You know, really, really push on. Um, some people, you know, argue the point that they're all about championship. Now, that that argument's gone dead and buried because you can't have a good championship consistently without having playing in the in the top divisions, and that's that's been borne out this last few years now. So, silverware. A, but a more game time, you know, within within that environment, that county environment, build more, you know, camaraderie. They're all the benefits of going at the Talton Cup and go, you know, yeah. go again for Ulster next year. Build and keep building. Yeah. So definitely, th- there's so many advantages to going for the Talton Cup for every team that's in it. And the disadvantages, you know, someone has to point out to me one good disadvantage of going for a Talton Cup. Yeah, and uh, I suppose, Keith, from a Donegal point of view, I'm still unsure at Donegal. Um, I can't quite work them out. I think in the last couple of years, I'm looking at the team and I'm going, yeah, they could be pushing. They could be or should be pushing. And even though they won the last, I still didn't think they showed that consistency. And every game, the pass, I'm going, one more game now and they'll show me now that they should be in the conversation. And I suppose they're in the Ulster final no matter who they come up against, Manon or Derry, I think it's going to be a case of, I still don't know what Donegal is going to show up. So I, I, I don't know how you feel about him. Are they in that conversation for the bigger price? Yeah, it's funny you should say that. Like, the last couple of years, I was like that. I was always thinking there's, they're potential All-Ireland contenders. You know, they could go far. And yet every time the last couple of years, they kind of let you down. And I kind of, I backed Armagh actually in the first game. When I kind of tipped Armagh to beat them the first day just because of that, because they kind of nearly flattered to deceive a good bit over the last couple of years. But look, they have good players there. I just, what frustrates me about them is the style of play, I suppose. It just seems so slow, ponderous, um, very lateral, trying to get them, the guys cutting in from the sideline. And when it works, and it does work at times, it's very good. But it, they just seem to be very, very one-dimensional, I think, and trying that same thing over and over again. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of commentary out there that it's a lot of this down to the way the club football is up in Donegal. So I don't know if Eamon might want to comment on that a bit more, but like, it just seems to be that they don't seem to be able to change it up a bit. You know, I think they might have kicked two or three balls into Murphy in the second half when he went in full forward. And, you know, he, he maybe might have got one score off them, but they looked like they could be dangerous if they tried to do it a bit more consistently. But, they just seem to be kind of stuck in that kind of game plan. And that, for me, is the frustrating part. 
Yeah, Eamon, are you are you in the, are you contenders? Are you still trying to well, find your form? Find I, your I'm I'm going to be biased here. You know, <laughs> Neil's still would be like yeah. Neil, Neil's babysitting for me <laughs> during this week, so I'm going to have to. Oh, yeah, be kind. I'm going to have to be kind here now. But obviously, you know, I'm I'm a wee bit biased. I know the potential. I know the quality that's in that's in the group. Um, and I I do believe because when you see what Tyrone have done last year, then I believe that Donegal are as good and if not better than that. So I think that Donegal can win an all out. Whether they do or not, I don't know. There's still, you know, a few question marks over in terms of how they approach approach games um and the and the way they, they play, but I, I do believe that they have the potential to win an all Ireland. I think as well, like you mentioned, they look like they have very good footballers, but they just look like they're never let play. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It just seems to be that they're just stuck in that same format all the time of carrying the ball, looking for the cuts, looking for the different runners off shoulders at different angles. Whereas you just get the impression that sometimes if they were just let play a bit more football, they could actually be a bit more dangerous. But look, that's just... Yeah, and if, if you watched the, the outside, game obviously. yesterday, if you rewatched in the second half, it, was, it wasn't necessarily the big lump in or the diagonal ball. It was that way dink ball to the D. You know, Mur- Murphy showed, I think it's twice or three times laid it off and that brought a lot of joy and it's something we don't see enough where you're looking up from the halfway or from the half back line and you're just playing that dink ball into the type into the type of link man and uh you know that that's def- definitely something we, we we need to bring bring into the Donegal place play more yeah I, i'd agree with that i always find that little dink ball especially if you're the one actually kicking it and going because what you're doing is you're making the defender face his own goals you can go left and right and Tyrone's goal against uh, Fermanagh, Conor McKenna was involved and hit the post, but that's what it came from, a handy pop ball and came at pace and his shot hit the post. I can't remember who finished it, but it all comes from actually turning defenders with a little pop ball and as a full forward, you're literally just catching it and looking for runner left and right. But I suppose down to Connacht, um, Keith, and you had Galwyn Leach from a, a huge mismatch, uh, a game that probably didn't do either team much good. But another indication of why this Talton Cup is so important for the likes of Leitrim now, not to be finishing on a low that they can go into a competition uh, amongst eight teams of more of their standard and they can try and build on it because to finish a season on that kind of defeat is very tough for any team or any players. Absolutely, yeah. And I think, you know, before the game, I suppose Andy would probably be hoping that if they could keep it competitive for 60 minutes, you know, keep it to maybe 10, 12 points, that'd be a good result for them and they'd have something to build on. Like, again, the first 20 minutes, 25 minutes, they were they were fairly okay. They were set up really well. They were getting numbers back, but they were really looking to try and keep three players up front. And when they did win the ball back, they were looking to move it as quick as they could. Um, like, Don Rin was impressive around the middle. Like, he was, he'd drift into full forward then once they got ahead and they'd try and put a few high balls in on top of him as well. So, you could see what they were trying to do. But once Galway got on top, probably the last 10 minutes before half time and complete in the second half, you know, we mentioned conditioning before with Cork Kerry, but this was, it was definitely noticeable that yesterday for Leitrim, you know, they completely ran out of steam in the second half. And once they couldn't win their own possession and goal, we just had held on to the ball the whole second half and they were just cutting through them then. So disappointing when the way it finished, particularly with the scoreline. But for Leitrim, you know, the touching cup has, has to be a big game for them. It has to be look, something that they'd look to kind of re- put a real push on. And again, mentioned it before, but it depends really what attitude Andy can get out of the boys for, for those games. Yeah, I mean, it was 12, uh, 12 5 at half time. And when you see the score, it's goals. And in fairness, I'm not comparing carrying Cork to Galway and Leitrim but Cork managed to keep the goals out and I think when the goals start going in it's just a sucker punch and then another one comes soon after and it, look, it just makes everything more difficult so look it's um, it's not what you want to see I suppose but like I heard they were giving out about it on the Sunday game as well and but I don't think there's any answer to it Look, I think most counties do like the provincial championships it's uh, in terms of playing it it doesn't have to be the main thing but Leitrim do have to play the likes of Mayo, Galway, Roscommon. Like it's just Connacht is actually very strong at the moment, so it's very hard to avoid these kind of these hidings that they're going to get. But the main thing is that they do approach the Talton Cup with the right attitude. Yeah, and and again, you know the Talton Cup, you'd hope 
like Keith will probably know more here now, but type Andy, he's going to go at it a hundred percent. You'd hope the players uh, row rowing behind him. Um, but the, the the whole thing, it's the provincial system. You know how this is a road to the All Ireland qualifiers. You know it baffles me, and we can have this. Or in fact, we have had this argument year in year out, and. We want change now, but unfortunately, you know, change comes slowly, and it's just going to have to. Uh, we're going to have to have a few more of these results for another few years until, you know, that structure change comes comes in. Um, and again, I I love the provincial system, and you know, give the likes the Leitrim, whoever else in in the other provinces, give them a go at it, but do not have it as part of the path in all Ireland because it's just so unbalanced. And it's just it's just not fair, and I, and I mean that with the utmost respect. It's not fair that Mayo will have to, you know, if Mayo were to progress in All Ireland final, if Kerry were to press, progress in All Ireland final, you know, you're playing potentially Leitrim, you're playing Limerick, you know, it's it's just like this us up in Ulster, we would have a tougher route to get to that All Ireland final through the provincial system as it is now, and uh, I just yeah. think it needs to be worked on. Yeah, they definitely need to change it up. Um, I'll be honest, I I don't know, I don't know the answer. I'm not going to claim to know the answer. I still think the system at the moment is wrong, and I still find it funny this split season crack, and it, it it's all directed amongst club players, and then people tend to forget that all the county boys are club players, and as soon as they finish with May or Donegal or Kerry a week later, they're going to be going into club championship and. If they have a good year, their season is twelve months of the year. But look, I genuinely don't know. I think Pat Flynn came out with a with a fairly raving statement the weekend about splitting the hurling and the football. Which look, I don't know what he was thinking, but look, it got it got tongues wagging, and that seems to be half the battle these days. But um, yeah, I suppose with the under twenties, um, didn't get a chance myself to see Kildare and Sligo, but it showed uh, Kildare on the up. Um, it's been a great year for them, and. Uh, Unfortunately for Kerry, Tyrone caught us again. <laughs> it seems to be a, a running team with us. Um, but it was a good game of football. And Eamon, you put up a tweet last night about we're going to have two, what do you call it? Supreme Supreme. There you go. It's, uh, like I'd heard a lot of talk about Rory. Hadn't seen much of him. But um, yeah, it's not, it's not great. It's, it's kind of frightening, really. You're going to have two of them to deal with now in a couple of years. Yeah, and you know that's the thing. It's funny because I had a debate with uh, a Tyrone lad two weeks ago in terms of he was saying that Rory's going to be the best of them, and I said better than the father. Better than the father's. Uh, he's going to be the ah. best Canavan now. I, I don't know when he included the father, but he just said he's going to be the best Canavan. No, look, we're going to have it all over Twitter and social media. Emma McGee has built up Rory to be better than the father. Uh, no, no, retract that statement. <laughs> retract that statement. Um, but no, he's he's a serious talent. You know, I would have been involved with the Donegal under twenties uh, this year, and we would have had a wee look at him, and um, he can do a lot. He is so much in in the locker in terms of in terms of what he can bring to the game, uh, in terms of scoring ability, and it's just a daunting prospect. Whatever Tyrone are doing, they're they're just able to, f- to fire out. You know these these players year in year out. Yeah, and Ed McLennan in, he was wearing 14, but my God, he was a size, he was a unit. He was around the middle there. And uh, look, I suppose for Kerry point of view, we just struggled maybe with the intensity and like, we could probably lose hand pass Costas. Um, and there's talks now on Kerry. Um, do we need to check out the underage? Because obviously we've done quite well in minor level and general focus comes into 20, we're not winning anything. And I don't know what your opinions are on it, but when it comes to the under 20 age group, I I'm more looking at can I pick out two or three lads who in a year or two will be in the seniors more importantly than actually winning the competition and some people don't or won't agree with that but for me I'm looking at more right is great to win the silverware underage but can I pick out a few of these lads who in a year or two will be ready to step up to senior level I'm not sure Keith do you be looking at the same when you're watching Mayo and I know they got beaten by Sligo and it was probably a bit of a shock but um would you pick out a few yeah. of the Mayo lads? There's always that argument, you know, whether the under 17, under 20 is is for developing players or is it for winning, you know? And I think, obviously, you want to be bringing 
through a couple of players every year just to bolster that kind of senior panel to kind of bring that bit of freshness to it. But at the same time, I think you want to have a team that's competitive then as well at under 17 or 2011 and is competing for Lawrence because, you know, it is a great experience. Like we won the under 21 and 06. I think like out of that starting 15, I think 10 or 11 of that team actually went on to play senior for Mayo. So, you know, it's just kind of an argument for both and there is a bit of both to it. Um, Personally, though, I suppose I, I prefer to see the under-20 going back to under-21. I, I think that year makes a big difference to the development physically to players as well. Um, like, you look at young kind of there. Is he, I think he's is he still in school. Yeah, what age is he? I think he's still in school. You know, so, like, he's obviously going to be playing under-20 for another two years. Like, will he be brought into a senior setup next year? I don't know. Is he a bit young for that yet? Is he physically ready for that yet? It's hard to know. Where if you look at you, the other the full forward there for Tyrone, I said he'd be well able for it. Yeah. But you know, you have that disparity, I suppose, at that age. So, yeah, look, it is always going to be an argument whether it is for developing players and bringing players through. But at the same time, I think if counties can get that mixture of both, then you're doing something right because you know you look at the the Galway hurlers. I mean, they were winning minors under twenty ones for years, but yet struggle to bring them players through to a senior setup and win senior all Ireland. So obviously that's not winning under 21s and minors isn't the be all and end all. But I suppose there is a kind of a mixture of kind of getting the two right. Yeah, so Tyrone and Kildare will be next week. Surely it'll be a good game. Um, I've, I've seen more of Tyrone and they, they do look very impressive. And Sean Cavanaugh's uh, naming off um, Cush and uh, Canavan and McLennan and all their fathers played for Tyrone. Um, so they come from good bloodline and stuff. So it'll be a good game and like that. For, I'd love to see Kildare win it just because it'll help the county and the momentum and hopefully bring a few more players and make um, Kildare a bit more competitive. But I suppose we've had a few more topics to talk about as well. And I, I didn't want to finish the show without talking about the AIB Club Player of the Year, Kilkuzim and Brannigan. He had an interview um, during the week. I, I can only describe it as naive and maybe the inexperience of media and how it works uh, but he came out with a statement about down football and they don't have a winning mentality and how he has no interest in down football and he was very dismissive of all the down footballers really their attitude the direction they're going the management team and I tweeted about it how it was a strange interview one I think he'll regret um, Eamon I'll go to you first um what were your thoughts on it i just i i couldn't understand it to be honest for a fellow who's never been in a county dressing room to be so dismissive and i know kilku have had a great couple of years and brilliant last year but it was a bit much i yeah i probably would have been the same and you know we have to be kind of respectful to the young lads because from what I don't know him personally, from from what I understand, he's good, he's genuine, and mm. you know the interview was honest. But you know, for me, it was just full of notions in terms of you know about about the club game and and where it's at, and you know it's as if it's a standard above the county. You know that that that's what it brought to me. You know that a, a lot of them Kilku players were in were in the county setup before and, and Brannigan, you have to remember, wasn't and he's never been in the in the down senior setup for, for so for him to comment comment on that, you know, what this it was so disrespectful to the group. And if he felt so strongly, why does he not go up and help change the culture? Why does he why does he not take the good habits that he's that he's learned in, in the Kilku dress room and, you know, take take them in, into the into the down into the down setup. And I, I see a lot of that stuff in terms of the club you know, county football is is a better product. That that's my own. There's a lot of good stuff on the club game, um, but overall, it's 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 not a good product as as county football. And you know, you have to remember that the standard isn't the same. And you know, a lot of people say, "No, the county county game is worse." At I love the club game, I love the county game, but there's definitely you know. For for Brannigan to come out and say it that it it's it's just a bit delusional to be honest with you. Yeah, Keith, what what you make for it? Like it, look, I think we all love the club game, but like we we are we're all club players, and then we go into county, and there's a massive jump in standard, no matter what anyone says. Yeah, absolutely. I think again, I don't know the fella, obviously. 
he had a good year for Kilku. Like I've seen a lot of the games, and I suppose Kilku's style of play leaves a kind of split opinion a lot of the times. But he did play very well for them all year. Maybe it's just down to this. Nearly you kind of get the opinion that Kilku nearly had this kind of siege mentality built up all year, the last couple of years that. With yeah. the world against them, they're getting criticized for the way they play, and maybe that's just kind of carrying forward from that. Isn't that he's just sticking up for that, and that's all they can see is really Kilku. But look, it is what it is. Um, from my point of view, look, I played a lot of hurling for Mayo when you know you're probably not going to be competing for winning all Ireland or Christy Rings or anything like that. So, a lot of the time, it's not about just because teams aren't really competitive, it's not a lack of a winning mentality. They still have that effort there. They still put in, they go training two or three times a week. They go to the gym. They want to be out there. They're proud. They're representing their county. So, you know, a lot of the time for me, it's not all about winning mentality. There's a lot more to it no, than just that. Really fair. It's hard to put it better than that, Keith. So, um, yeah, look, like I said at the start, I, I think when he reflects on it, he'll probably regret it. I think it's one of the ones where you start talking and sometimes you don't realise the words are coming out of your mouth and maybe things were taken out of context or whatever. So, look, We'll have to give him benefit of doubt and hopefully, look, it was only 12 years ago down we're in an All-Ireland final and they have good footballing people up there. I'm sure this interview will have hurt a lot of fellas and I hope it did and I, I'd like to see him give a good crack at the Talton Cup and maybe he might uh, rethink his his lack of interest in down and maybe come on board and like you said, Eamon, help change the culture up there and get him back to winning ways. Exactly, and you know, and I say that criticism. Many's a car crash interview I gave down throughout the years, so um, I I can't suppose I can't be too harsh. You know, many's the time I landed in the dressing room on Tuesday, and the boys are just saying, "Would you ever just shut up, Nicky?" Which so. Well, I think you you look at you look at what Derry have done this year. Even I mean, it's not so long ago they were they yeah. down Division Four a couple yeah. of years ago. Like you guess someone involved with the team who's able to kind of get everyone together whatever way they have to get inside the mindset get the best players in the panel as Eamon mentioned there you get a run or two in the league or whatever and it consolidates the squad you get everyone singing off the right hymn sheet and you look what it can do so you know if Down could do something like that there's no reason why they couldn't come back up to the divisions and maybe someday put in a kind of a, a good run in the Ulster Championship yeah, as well and, uh, so this weekend more action coming it's actually amazing the amount of sport on every weekend uh, you wouldn't want to have anything else going on with the amount of it we have to watch but uh, I'm going to try and get your predictions Eamon I'm going to go with you first for Leinster you have Mead versus Dublin Kildare versus West Mead I think we all were hoping it might be neutral venues but they're in Crow Park are there any upsets coming? Yeah, Dublin and Kildare in the in the Leinster Leinster final there. Yeah, I think you're right there, Keith. Are you going to go along with that? Yeah, you have to look. You'd love to be able to sit here and say that there's a there's going to be two kind of really close and competitive games there, but you can't look past the two the two that mentioned are Dublin and Kildare there. Yeah, yeah unfortunately. And yeah. I'm going to stay with you, Keith. I think Ulster. It's going to be a difficult one. I find very hard to call this one. I'm a good man for sitting on the fence. Derry versus Monaghan. Yeah, I think if you just keep using the line, it's hard to call. You, you'd be all right. But um, again, like if we mentioned Derry there, like there was a bit of talk about them as well last year. They were a coming team, and they seem to be kind of living up to that. I mean, in fairness, the performance against Tyrone was really, really good. They're stuck to their game plan. Um, you know, again, there's questions already been asked about Mon in the last couple of years, but in fairness, they kind of answered them most of the times and came within a, was it a point or two points of beating Tyrone the Ulster final last year. So it is a very hard one to call. Um, I'll stick my neck out and go with Derry. Fortune favours the brave Derry's gone for it. Well, typical of Eamon, I ask him for his opinion and Derry versus Monaghy jumps ship and I know for a fact he's going to blame it on a technical issue but he just wasn't brave enough to give his call on it. He was playing the cute Kerry Hoare, I think, but he was doing it to Donegal way. Uh, I'm going to stick my neck out and I'm going to go with Monaghan. I think after seeing Derry the last day, it's hard to actually back to back or go against him but I think Monaghan, whenever the questions are asked at him, they normally stand up and they answer them. Um, especially this year, we all expected Dublin to beat them and to send Monaghan down, but they, they dug deep and they just, they always seem to pull it out of the hat. And either way, I think we're going to be in for a good Ulster final. What do you reckon, Keith? Yeah, like I said there, the last couple of years, whether it was Galway last year in the league, Dublin this year in the league, they just seem to be able to pull them vital scores out of it. But Again, just watching the Derry Tyrone game, and I know Tyrone were a bit all over the place and a bit out of sorts, but you know, I just think if they have their homework done right again and they can kind of 
I suppose stifle a few of the, the Monaghan forwards that could be in with the right good chance. So yeah, look, it should be a good game. It'll probably be very tactical and I'm sure a lot of bodies behind the ball, but hopefully it'll be entertaining side as well. Yeah, well, we're guaranteed to be in for a weekend of good action again next weekend. And unfortunately, that's all we have time for in today's show. A big thanks to my regular partner in crime, M. McGee, who jumped ship uh, when we needed him most. And to Mayo's Keith Higgins, thanks very much for joining us today, Keith. Hope you enjoyed it and hopefully we'll have you back on soon. Great stuff, lads. Yeah, thanks very much. You're listening to the GAA Hour with Darren O'Sullivan on Sports Joe. The final whistle is all over. Jim Gowan, Jason Sherlock embrace. Dublin are the history makers. Today, Sean Kavanagh, who is a brilliant footballer, but I tell you what, you can forget about Sean Kavanagh as far as he's a man. O'Sullivan, oh, that was absolutely brilliant. What about that for skill from Darren O'Sullivan? Kieran McCall, it's high, it's over! Will he ever get a more vital one than that? The transition talk, I think Joe Bradley told us the production line was finished in Kerry. Well, Joe Bradley, what do you think of that? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.